Welcome to the Remarkable Relationship Show with Mercy Russell, where we find the wonder in your story. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 35 years of experience applying the science of relationship systems to my practice of psychotherapy and leadership consulting. My intuitive skills allow me to bring clarity and vision to your challenges. I hope you will be surprised in the next hour. Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. I'm here today with Joy Smith, an executive coach and author. The topic of our show today is My Relationships with Dolphins, Learning to Love and Lead Myself. Today, Joy and I will talk about her 35-year journey with a pod of spinner dolphins, management of her family relationships along the way, and her spiritual awakening. My goal in this show is to bring a fresh perspective to you on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and individual and resistance in their relationships. In my 39 years of working as a psychotherapist, I have been continually amazed at the ways in which people overcome challenges. Today, I hope to share Joy's experiences, insights, and the magic in her story. So I'd like to introduce you now to Joy. Joy and I met well when I was learning to golf. She has been a patient and generous, generous companion. <laughs> we share a love of being on the golf course, even in the desert heat, and the joy of play in a very serious game. Joy is an executive coach and author who has worked at some of the top companies in the world, including Amazon, AT&T, British Telecom, BT Group, Reliance Communications in India, and Verizon. Throughout her career, she has been part of a man's world where, she, where the focus has been on engineering and building massive telecommunications networks, taking her on a journey to 28 countries. Joy's coaching clients are often entrepreneurs and business leaders who are committed to transforming themselves while at the same time leading by example to ultimately have an impact on their business. In her practice, she engages with her clients to work through a process of self-actualization that allows them to connect with the understanding and realization that it was me all along, which definitively has led them to their current results. The realization that it is their mental models, judgments, behaviors, attitudes, etc., that created their current state can be life-changing. Joy knows this reality very well, as through her remarkable life trek, it has been filled with life-changing tests and risks along the way. There have been many moments that have been extremely uncomfortable and unreasonable. At times, she has found herself on her knees wondering what to do next. Right on time when she needed it, the most, her greatest teachers and guides showed up in her life to provide guidance and discovery into her spiritual, human, and corporate world. These guides 
are a pod of wild spinner dolphins who live off the coast of Hawaii near her family home. Today, we will explore her story as it is truly empowering and lightning. Welcome, Joy. Hello. Hello, Mercy. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, especially yes. when we get to talk about my dear dolphin friends. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's so exciting. Um, we will mention later, but Joy has written two books, one of which is about this wonderful experience with the dolphins, which I've read. And it has you know, been truly an inspiration to, um, to learn about this. Um, so Joy, being who I am, I'd like to start with just giving our audience a little bit of an introduction to your background. Um, uh, I just, uh, your family background and then your years growing up. I think they really ha have contributed a lot to who you are today. Yes, so I was born into <laughs> a military family. My father was in the Royal Canadian Air Force. And um, immediately upon the age of two, we started our world travel. My father was um, transferred and stationed in Thorny Island, England, which is just off the coast of Portsmouth. And we were there for three years. And I remember quite a few of it. Um, it was, we lived on the base and um, dad was actually rising through the ranks as a navigator. And um, after we lived there, we went to Germany for a year. And so by the time I was four or five, I think it was even almost six, we came back to Canada. And the place we landed in Canada was in the province of Quebec. And the city was called Saint Hubert, and it was um, on a um, Air Force base. And I think it was, we left there when I was eight. And it was around that time that I had this feeling that I was not gonna have friends because <laughs> it, it, it was move, move, say goodbye. And for me, I was so young, I was unsure of the idea or the concept or the notion, do you keep these friends lifelong? And there was one family in St. Hubert, um, they were the close friends with my parents. And we did in fact, Christine and I did, keep in touch, but it was, it was not something that I would call it like a deep friendship. So we moved and uh, was every two years after that. And so um, my father was sent to on the, the province of Ontario, where he went to staff college, they called it, because he was learning all about NORAD at the time. And then we were sent to Kansas City. Richards Cabauer Air Force Base in Kansas City, Missouri. And um, we were there for four years. And I really loved it there. It was, it was a longer than usual stay. And I was quite um, devastated when it was time to move from there. And we went to 
North Bay, Ontario, back up to Canada, to North Bay, Ontario, way in the north of Ontario, as my father was, was very much assigned to NORAD in those days. And so there were another couple of moves and then my father made the decision to retire. And it was then a conversation between my mother and father and my brother and I were not necessarily included in that conversation. And it was, where do we land? Where do we retire? Because my, it was either going to be Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, or it was going to be Summerside, Prince Edward Island, so opposite coasts. And the decision was made by father's parents were in worse off and a condition and needed more assistance. So that meant it was Vancouver, British Columbia. And I think I sighed a little bit of relief because it was for me a bigger place to be and not as small as the island, Prince Edward Island. And Yes, and so from there, I'm growing up and just learning this whole process of what friends mean. And it, it was a struggle for me because I felt I had to work so hard mm-hmm. to make a friend. And then as I got into my career, I had the quick lesson of, you know, the world of the the corporate and the the business world isn't the place where you make friends. Mm -hmm. And so it was a real learning and it was a real learning in my own maturity because I moved so much and I didn't have those real learnings through friends. I mean, it was interesting that when I began my career to listen to people and oh yeah, she's been my friend since I was in second grade. Really? <laughs> That's amazing. And, and hearing all that, it was quite amazing to me. Now you did, there are certain, I think, experiences that you had that I, you know, that, I think may have also impacted you. One, I guess on the one hand, you were, you had this experience of being the outsider. Mm-hmm. And it certainly doesn't uh, satisfy our human need for social comfort, right? Yes, yes. And, but there are other advantages to it. Mm-hmm. Being somebody who, um, who's outside of things, who can see things with a fresh perspective, who has to develop a sense of self that's not dependent on the group. And then on the other hand, you were with this family, the group that was moving around. And my observations have been that families who do that then develop very close bonds, even if they don't live close to each other as time goes on. They have an orientation to each other that it's not that isn't dependent on the family tradition or lore, but they just they learn to rely on each other. And I think just as you said, your parents moved to care for their parents, and this has been a theme in your life too. Despite your worldwide travels, you have been there when you when it was important. Yes, and the 
that it's an interesting notion that the that the idea would be that as this unit we traveled however it i became very very close to my mother mm -hmm. and ultimately my father and my brother chose to stay in the outsider space because he chose a very very technical deep deep analytical career and analytical and and he, I mean, all intents and purposes, he doesn't have friends, nor does it bother them that he doesn't. Mm -hmm. It was me that was the one, you know, that, <laughs> you know, floating all about wanting to, to, to make friends. So in, in some ways for that outsider, he had the advantage because that's where he wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Me, the outsider, if I was, if you will, had a more mature relationship with myself as an outsider I could have handled what that meant oh I get an opportunity to look in and see you know how people interact and how this friend is this friend and 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 look in but I didn't I was I was this this head was friend <laughs> let's, go, let's, let's go get one <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> and I mean, what I quickly learned about that is, is there is no way I was even a friend to myself. And, uh, you know, and I, I think to your point on the, what I've come to learn is the more outside of life, the life that goes on, an individual does not have a good relationship with themselves. The more outside they, they keep themselves. Mm -hmm. Because there's not a reflection, right? There's not a reflection there at all to have some direct feedback or whatever. But yeah, it, it was my, it was, my challenge was ultimately stop racing in to get a friend because ultimately on the other side of that, I would end up going, <laughs> wait a minute, a <laughs> little bit too fast. And so I also discovered I turned off my inner listener, my objective psyche, because my collective thought was, well, aren't we supposed to have friends and get out there and go do things and racing around? And my objective psyche, which I know are my intuition, my inner wisdom wanted to speak to me. And I, it was so funny because on some occasions, this voice was like, did you not hear what that person said? <laughs> did you not hear that? <laughs> and so the volume was very low on my objective psyche, my intuition, the, the, the volume was turned very high on collective thought. Now, who's with who and where's the clicks and what's this and where do I join? Rather than listening to my true self, you know, and whether it was telling me, I don't think that's a good idea. Right. So I want to get to this, if not now, yes. later. Yes. But the yes. other thing that's in, I think I want to, I want to bring out, and maybe we can do that when we 
take the deeper dive really is your parents. You talked about your brother sort of being very logical and, you know, sort of self-focused and uh, very technical and analytical. And obviously your father was, right? I mean, look at his it's in some Yes, and in later some in life, you could see his right brain come into the conversation, absolutely. Well, both I, your parents have really had some pretty amazing connections with, you know, um, I think really important thinkers in what we would call the intuitive arts. And mm -hmm. both your mother and your father separately, I think, played roles in that. And so... Uh, at any rate, I just, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I know that we'll get to that. You were doing your own growing up, though. <laughs> yep, doing my own growing up, yes. getting out there. And uh, mm -hmm. I also decided to go in the technical um, telecommunications area. Um, and it was when, interesting. How old, did, when did you do that? How old were you when you did that? When you? Um, 20. Two. 22 when you my children were very young and married very young and um also was not listening when I stepped into this initial marriage mm -hmm. and was divorced very young but yes I went into um so I was a young single parent and um with a son who was three and a half and a daughter who was two and a half and um, it was interesting that to find the right places to work because I had to work so, so many hours because I was still doing some courses at school. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was the realization of what I had taken on and working, going to school, picking up children from daycare, tending to the evening, studying at night, and it's starting all over again. And realizing now, as I look back, I did what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And in, you know, every single day. And um, so, and, and the thing that I really recognized that I loved out of being in this technical arena it was a man's world. I was in this man's world and I could communicate because I didn't see them as, you know, the area where I would make friends. I saw them as, as you know, fellow peers, business. We had great relationships with uh, more so in my work than in this beginning world of having these intimate relationships. And so I saw that what was ahead for me, if I wanted to, was the travel side, which it, it started to stir something in me. And when people recognized how well I was training others, because I was in telecommunications training, I had this way of bringing something down to its core understanding. In other words, talking English, right? Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to send me everywhere. And they assisted me to get a nanny for the children. So I could do this travel. 
and I got this bug and I understood my father. I understood what it was for him to get in a plane, to go somewhere, to, you know, because he had to complete certain amount of um, hours in the air when he was a navigator. And so it really called me. Mm-hmm. And so it was um, interesting two points. I had, I can't tell you the fun I had. It was so much fun to be with these um, males in this very respectful. I mean, it was, it was quite interesting. And I often asked myself, <clears throat> where was this ability to have this kind of Mm-hmm. initial engagement in a, in a relationship, you know, an intimate relationship. And it was many years after my first marriage that I married again. So I was in this man's world and traveling and um, the children uh, at, at a point, because um, their father had asked them to come live with him they had gone to live with him and that was at a time when everything was kind of coming down at once is the a company I started to work for again I didn't listen and my intuition was attempting to tell me not this company, go that way. And um, because my father taught me integrity. And when I don't see integrity, it just throws me off. Mm -hmm. And so I left the position I was in. My children went to live with their father and I was in this situation. And it created an opportunity for me to go be with my parents. And so now back. at this point, your parents were living in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had built a family home because it seemed to be the best place for my father. And I was at a loss of what to do, but it gave me an opportunity to, I guess, really learn about myself. As my father had had an accident, he was a paraplegic. So my mother was looking, so I could go over and I could assist them as we finished building the home and for them. And it was there that my life changed. And I believe it was that I was in the question Mm -hmm. of, what am I going to do from here? Yeah. So you were in that, you were kind of <laughs> an empty space. Yeah. I have a good friend. We, we, who were, she, she and I were in a similar place. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, even. And she talked about it as being, you know, when a trapeze artist is going from one trapeze to the next and yes. in the middle, they're not holding on to anything, right? Free fall. Free fall. <laughs> right, right. Except they're actually still moving to the next. Yes, right. <laughs> so that was where you were when you landed in Hawaii. Yeah. Right. I just, 
I, I didn't know me. I had no idea. And so I was out on the Lanai and I had just gotten over there. And I was looking out into this cove. And I remember kind of questioning, are those sharp? What are those? And I asked my mother and she said, those are spinner dolphins. Maybe you want to go and meet them. Hmm. Well, yes. <laughs> and then I realized- My mother says that. I mean, right. really, maybe yes. you want to go meet them. <laughs> And it was so interesting because it was at that point that I said to myself, well, if you're going to learn about running into relationships, if you're ever going to learn it, you're going to learn it now. And so I had done some production work um, with the Robbins Research Institute with Tony Robbins at one time. And the, the thing that was all encompassing was this 21 days to build a habit. So I thought to myself, now is the time to step in slowly. And so I was a good swimmer. I swam in high school and I got snorkel gear and fins. And I got up the next morning and I swam out. I, I stopped at a certain place and they were not far from me. I stopped in a certain place. And what I found myself doing was introducing myself to the dolphins. Hi, my name. And I, I just went on and I went, okay, so let's really tell the story here. Who am I? And I started to just say, you know, I don't do really well at relationships, <laughs> this and this. And, and, uh, and then I came to a point, I went, okay, that's enough for today. And I turned around, and I went back in. And the next day, the same thing. And what I, what my mission was, I thought, was to go and be with the dolphins in this slow adjusting process. When what I discovered was I was finding out who I was. Mm -hmm. And it was about so let me yes. just yes. mention one thing so the dolphins you were talking and introducing yourself to dolphins who how more more how much more neutral could dolphins be about who you were yep you know there wasn't the, there wasn't a personal judgment there wasn't a relationship judgment there wasn't a human judgment you knew but they were highly intelligent, sentient beings. I'm just thinking of the brilliance of really being able to really talk to some, some, you know, those who are really, truly, deeply neutral and what effect it can have. So yeah, because they didn't, they didn't even let me know. They knew I was there. They were just doing their normal swim. And I noticed on the first and second day, my voice was getting louder and they're not listening to me. And then it realized it was, it doesn't matter if they're listening to you, you have to listen to you. Uh -huh. And yeah, and it was, um, it was very re revealing what I was learning. And I could feel, I could feel myself 
go down inward where I had never been before into this place where the subconscious, the intuition, the inner wisdom resided. And, you know, we could use the analogy of the iceberg there, you know, only 10% of the iceberg is above water and 90% is below water. And there's a lot of people walking around out there, me included many years ago, that only knew that 10%. Of themselves. So I had a true analogy of swimmers in the ocean to assist me to go on this, this discovery. So Joy, I think we're, we're going to take a break now. I yep. think it's a great place because, you know, in the next segment, we will hear how you actually started interacting with the dolphins, right? So, yeah. but this journey really started and it sort of deepened with you knowing you. Yes. Anyway, just sort of brilliant. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. My guest today is Joy Smith, an executive coach and author. And we are talking about how she learned to love and lead herself in her relationship with dolphins. We'll be back after the break. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back. This is Mercy Russell with a Remarkable Relationship Show. I'm here today with my guest, Joy Smith an executive coach and consultant. And we're talking about her relationship with dolphins and learning to love and lead herself. So Joy, we were just talking about how you had put yourself in the ocean, near, near, in front of your parents' home in Hawaii, um, to begin to relate to a pod of spinner dolphins. And in doing so, day after day, you started to speak about who you were. And in the process, you started to learn who you were and to appreciate who you were. And then, yeah, then what it happened? Was, it, was, it, it, it was incredible as the days and the weeks went on. And I, I began to realize what an amazing in, you know, if you will, spiritual being, I am and leading this human experience. I, I was incredible. And at that point, and I think it was two days before, at that point, I realized, I don't care what happens. I'm just glad I know you. 
And it was about two days later and I had my gear on and I went out and I had counted, always came up with the same strokes and I, in swimming and I stopped where my number of strokes ended. And this one morning I was on my way out and I was a little over three quarters there. And I put my arm out to take a stroke and I touched something and I thought I had veered off my path. And I came out of the water and the dolphins were there and they were right in front of me and right next to me and all around me. And I didn't know what to, I just didn't know what to think. I, I, this was something, you know, be careful what you want. You just might get it. And they were all around me. And I just said, thank you. Thank you. And it was, it was this sense that, well, you're really meeting you because you created this. And they just swam around and I just swam in the middle and I just allowed them to tell me. I said, I'm not going to push myself on them. I'm going to allow them to tell me. And they just swam around and swam around. And we just had this glorious time. And then they swam off. And I was literally shaking. I was shaking. Mm -hmm. And I went home and my father could see something had changed. And he, he had this nickname for me. He called me Lollipop. <laughs> Even when I got older. He said, Lollipop, what's up? And I sat down and I told him. And he said, I'm not surprised. It's about time they came to meet you. And so it, um, it was a glorious feeling. And I just wanted to be with it. So I told my mother, told my father, then I went off to a beach and I just sat and I began that day to write about. And that was the day I started to journal about them. All I had understood about myself. I wrote about 40 pages by hand that day. And then after I had all these experiences and by the time I was done before I wrote my book, about the dolphins, I had 20 journals that I had written in every experience and what I had learned. And the next day, I didn't know what I was going to meet or greet. And I swam out and sure enough, they were there. And it's kind of like the day that they decided, okay, let's learn how to communicate. So I felt that it was my body and my hands that were going to be the best communication. So I started to pat the water and they come close, pat the water, scared me a little, started patting the water. And then they would swim around. So I went, okay, is it this? And they'd swim around me again. So I just learned different ways of communicating with them. And uh, it was interesting as if my thoughts wandered into the thinking too much realm, they would come over 
and hit me with their fin on my arm. Like, no, there's no time for that. <laughs> Just stay in here. And the, the weeks went on and every day on time, they were there. And different things would surface for me, come out of my heart up and the realization that I was, I was here for a greater good. I was here to love myself beyond anything. And to remember that my objective psyche and my intuition were always there to guide me. And it was about two months after meeting them that this one morning when I met them, I'm going, what, where is everybody? There's only like maybe five dolphins around. And so the one I called Bozo, I called him Bozo because he's a little bit of a clown and he would lead. He came around me and swam, came around me and swam going, do you want me to follow you? Going, oh, this is a first. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'm a good swimmer. Out we go. And so I'm swimming along and we went directly out and I'm going, okay, where are we going? And then the voice said, trust, just trust, let it go, trust. And the dolphins came around me again, came around like, this is good. And we went around a cove and we came back in and I could see more fins on the surface. I'm going, what's going on? And so I got this message to swim down to, cause I free dove with them a lot. I kept, and it was interesting how long I could keep my breath with them, but go in a regular pool, no way. But with them, I could hold my breath. And so there was this sense, you want me to go way deep here? And there was something that just trust. And so what I did was, you know, I've come to love myself so much over these last weeks and days and months. It doesn't really matter what happens next. My daughter and my son are loved. My parents are cared for. And I went, who knows what's going to happen if I dive deep and I'm willing to surrender to whatever. And so I swam way down and lo and behold, there was this little open cave and I went in and there was an air pocket like this and I got my breath. And it was interesting because when I went into that cave, I looked over to the left and I could see dolphins swimming there and so got a breath and then I went and I was intending to come up and go to go all the way to the surface and I looked over and lo and behold there is a fluke coming out of the female dolphin I went oh my goodness she's giving birth and I just stopped and watched the remarkable so the fluke, the tail comes out first because they have to get their traction, come out. And then the mama takes the calf to the surface and <laughs> I went too. And it was 
it, it was as if I had become a dolphin that day. I was asked literally to join the dolphin family. And the baby, the calf, he was so cute. And he had these little muscles that would show, so I called him Hercules. <laughs> and it was a, a remark. I, I, when I got out of the water, <laughs> I had to lay because I was out of breath. I was overwhelmed. And I really didn't know when I went down deep in the water if I'd come up to the surface again. And all of that wounding around me in this birth, I realized that I had re been reborn that day to live a life of gratitude, inner peace, joy, which is ultimately my nickname. It's not my birth name, my birth name is Virginia. And to live the life and it doesn't matter what happens is just live. Mm -hmm. And they've taught me a lot over the years. It's been quite amazing. Can you just, um, <clears throat> just sort of, I, yeah, I, I want to say review, it's, it's such a long story, but can you talk about some of the ways that your relationship with the dolphins um, just played a role in your development of your career, the choices that you made, um, the contact you had with them when you weren't in Hawaii. You know, just so, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, they were always a very part of my life because I was traveling and I, I traveled you know, to 28 countries, 29 countries. And it, it, it was always apparent I could connect with their energy no matter where I was. And what I learned from them was to stay in the place of that objective psyche because it would guide me well, my intuition. And it did. And whether I was in a different culture, whether it was India, whether it was Malaysia, whether it was China, um, in these different cultures, it led me well, especially in those, those times where I begin to kind of navigate things through the thinking of my U.S. culture, mm -hmm. even though I was in these, these countries. And I'd get these little nudges around my body saying, nah, 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 nah. just kind of let it go for now navigate and it did and I knew it was that dolphin energy directing my spirit through these kind of human conditions mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting because I've never um I've always been out there and love to golf I love being with 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 people on the golf course and enjoying them and it's fun. It's fun for me. And I've often been asked, you know, about relationships. And it's, it's even though I have these interactions, and I can, I mean, you've been on the golf course where, you know, we've been laughing with, you know, the men that we've been 
put together with. And, and that's, that's fun. And it's, it's just, it's, I've gone to such a place that I'm happy and there's inner peace and that can take me wherever I need to go. And there were times in the travel in India, there was a lot to learn about the culture there and the business culture there. And it was interesting to navigate through. And that, um, I think at times, my confidence in who I am and what I can bring my own experience and knowledge and what it can bring into a situation, which was for easy for me to tap into, was sometimes taken as, and, and, and I could see it on some level as condescending because I knew exactly what I needed to say, how I needed to introduce an idea or a notion or whatever it was, because I was there to organize the um, this new department or this new organization that would be developed to um, um, be the ones that owned this new telecommunications, whether it was um, uh, cellular, whether it was landline, whether it was wireless, to manage this new um, uh, infrastructure right. that had just been deployed. And um, now I just want to interject a little bit here. And, yes, this, and this really, in a way, I, I just want to reference your second book that is not about dolphins. And we will give a reference to that. They'll be in the show notes also for people. But <clears throat> your experience, which involved training and then really leadership development of um, you know, the C-suite, as well as developing leadership programs all the way through the organization. This, you're sort of in a, became your expertise to the point that you, um, you worked then for Amazon. Mm -hmm. So this was a branch out, wasn't telecommunications. Um, can you it tell was us? Technical. It was technical. It was technical. Well, it was, yeah. yeah, it's a technical organization with employees that are, you know, working in technology. But you were brought in from the top, right? Now, there was a period you had been, you were in a break of some kind when. Yes. Tell so, us a little bit about that, how that journey started. I just want to let people know that you've been talking very generally about your career, but. Um, You've had some amazing experiences based on really, you know, your value to other people and to organizations. Yes. Yeah, so the company in which I was traveling and doing all the projects and consulting was my company. I founded it. It was called Training Insights. And we then were brought in by the telecommunications companies to do what we do. And that was to build the organization, design how the headcount was going to be, assist to hire, do the install commissioning and everything that went with it. And I, in 2008, was ready to come off the road. And so I put my business 
uh, for sale. And really it was the customer base and everything that we were providing. And um, I ended up selling the company in early 2009. And then um, it was Amazon was looking to um, build some training, leadership training. And so I was brought in very quickly and um, began by the, by the CEO of Amazon directly. Let's just, I just want to say that this was not a, you know, let's go find someone, let's go get an executive recruiter. So uh, I believe Mr. Bezos called you directly. Well, no, he didn't call me directly. It was one of the interviews. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. But he, he, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He made the decision. So we did a lot of things. I did, did several things there. Number one, Amazon had instructor-led training. So that was one place, the instructor-led training. And my um, um, feedback to them was the idea of bringing e-learning into the realm of learning, which would, because not everybody learns well in an instructor-led environment. So we did that. And then it was building leadership programs, starting at the top, down, leadership series, leadership programs. And it was really, I mean, in, in some ways it was easy because Amazon had these leadership principles and it was taking those and building those throughout the um, um, uh, leadership and developing those in a way that they became the tools in leadership. And there were several leaders that were on the STEAM team, Jeff Bezos team, um, uh, several of them who, including Jeff Bezos, that had a feeling or had this sense that there's a leader in everyone. And the idea is to basically stimulate and trigger that inner leader. Mm -hmm. And through those leadership principles, was the way to do it because they all fed into each other. Right. And, so this, yeah. I just want to, I'm watching our time and I yes. don't want to miss out on other important things. A Joy's second book I will give you, I think, a lot of depth in terms of her experience and her thinking and what she can contribute to this field. Um, and of course, you. You, you were training people to do what you had already done for yourself, right? Yes. It did all begin with you, right? So this is, it's not just a nice idea. It's something that you really lived, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you have talked to me about the importance of finding your purpose and of self-actualization. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. This is a term that I think is bandied about quite a bit, but I really like our audience to just hear what does it feel like? Um, uh, how does one live in, in self-actualization? Well, the first thing is that, you know, it's, there's, there's always been this um, quote, if you will, find your purpose, live your purpose. And in, in defining it a little bit, what does that mean? 
Well, it's the place that all of your passions come together. It's the place where it's easy for you to go into inner peace. I am peaceful doing X. I am, I am at peace when I'm working together to come to this objective or this goal. It's whatever that feeling, that sense is, is ultimately your purpose. It what drives you. And there's been many studies on what is it that drives momentum or drives motivation in someone. And everybody have tests, many, many experts have tested it thinking it was the money. And it's not. It's the other side of the money. It's the southward side. When I'm worthy and I'm stepping into the passions that excite me and I'm living my passions, the money will follow. What's more important is to be in that place of inner peace. And in that place of inner peace and passion, there is no striving because it's easy to get to the place of curiosity, the place of creativity, where bounds, boundless innovation comes from. So when people are in the zone of those passions, they can create amazing things. And so in my book, the realization of it was me all along the path to freedom. When I realize that it is me all along, I'm the one that made the choices. I'm the one that thinks the certain way. I'm the one that has the mental models. So it's up to me to connect with the, the notion of knowing myself enough to, 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 to step into those collective things that ultimately bring me joy in what I do. And it's, you know, I think, I think in some ways Yoda said it very well. It's, you know, it's unlearning. Mm-hmm. But you've learned up to this point and it's stepping in. You know, it's a very similar, I often think it's a very similar thing that I, that I have had that um, um, was experienced in ET, was experienced even though they were movies. The bottom line is, is that um, Elliot in ET, ET was his spirit. Because mm-hmm. he came to that point of almost dying in the movie. I understand it's a movie. But it was an allegory for this. And in many ways, I see myself as kind of rose above all the, if you will, the ways of life that it tells you, you've got to get into a career, you've got to earn your money, you got to do this. No, because when you're there in that zone, 
everything takes care of itself. And I am so glad because I believe the dolphins ultimately taught me that. Um, so there's so much more to your story and yes. we do have some time left, but you also, um, that there's one, there are a couple things that I, I think there are not a lot of things, but one thing in particular um, that I just want to mention, because um, I just, it's my thing, I want to throw it in. I'm always talking to people about parenting and their children. And, um, you know, just very briefly, you have two children mm -hmm. and your oldest son, your older child is your son, is um, someone that you haven't heard from for quite a long time. Yes. And I just wish you could speak briefly because I know there are many families and that have this situation in their family where one member has taken a choice and a path in life and that um, that that can cause others a lot of anguish, but it's also um, but I, the important thing too, I think, is how does a family, develop a sense of calm and neutrality around the choices that their, that their children make. Just if you could speak briefly about that in a yes. few minutes. So my daughter and I are very, very close. We always have been. And my son, um, love him dearly at, at this moment, I don't know where he is. And I haven't communicated with him since 2004. And what I knew and what the dolphins taught me was sometimes we, we must let people be free to learn, to live, to love, or choose not. And I had supported my son, given him whatever he needed. And it was one day I realized it ain't going to shift anything because his choice was clear. Whatever that was, his choice was clear. And I was not going to enable a relationship that had a lot of dysfunction and supported this choice, whether it was alcohol, whether it was drugs, I was not going to do it. So when he asked me for it, I said, no. And it was from that moment, I have not heard from him. And it was shortly after that, it was about a month after I said no, and I went swimming with the dolphins. And they all came around to me and literally came in to give me a hug and said, it is the choice you needed because his choice is his choice. And I had a little ceremony and sent him love and peace and light and said maybe one day. And when he comes through my thoughts, I send him love and light. And the knowing that I released him fully to do what he needed to do, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So I wanna end on that note.
Joy, I am, I can, you are a mentor of mine. I have, it's been such a blessing for me to get to know you and I look forward to <laughs> a lot more time out there on the links. Yeah. And um, I just, <laughs> by, in conclusion, um, I just want to uh, tell everybody that Joy's books are available on Amazon in Kindle paperback and audible versions and are written in her birth name, Virginia C. Smith. The, the, the titles are, the first one is The Dolphin Lady, The Story of a Unique Relationship. And the second one, It Was Me All Along, The Path to Freedom. Um, these, the, this will, these notes will also be in our show notes, so you can reference them then. You can reach Joy through her email, which is Grace Consulting at outlook.com or access her monthly blog on her website, www.itwasmealalong.com. And I know she'd love to hear that. Yes. Yes. So anyway, thank you so much, Joy, for joining us today. Thank this is, you. This is, <laughs> this is Mercy Russell <laughs> with the Remarkable Relationship Show. And this has been a most remarkable relationship. And I simply... <laughs> Just an introduction. I encourage you to read Joy's books and to learn, you know, to just hear more. They're just wonderful stories on both in both accounts. And my name is Mercy Russell. You can reach me at mercy.com or at mercyburtonrussell at gmail.com.